This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories from around the world with Oanda Senior Market Analysts. And today it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Jeff, good morning from London. And good afternoon from Singapore. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the latest from the markets where you are in Asia and a fairly quiet start to the week. Yeah, I mean, it was a very busy New York session, most notably because of uh, the huge spike in US uh, bond yields. Uh, But over the weekend, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen came out and said that inflation risks were small and manageable. And uh, that uh, gave some support to uh, US index futures and also to Asian markets. Notably, though, um, I mean, that's led to a fairly quiet sideways day. Uh, Most markets are trading each side of unchanged, except in China, which is uh, having another torrid day uh, with those markets down 2%. uh, I think on fears of uh, tightening monetary policy and also the general uh, expanding clampdown on China big tech that's been going on with the government there. We have seen some key economic data in China, which seems to be uh, above analysts' expectations, um, surging dramatically in the first two months of 2021, uh, seems to point to a continued recovery. The industrial output growing over 35% in January and February compared to the same months last year. That Obviously, those numbers are distorted because they compared to a freak year in 2020 when most of China's factories were in pandemic lockdown, but nonetheless ahead of expectations. Yeah, the greater data set gave us a bit of a mixed picture. You're right, industrial production and retail sales both uh, outperformed quite strongly, but uh, fixed asset investment fell, and notably the unemployment rate rose above expectations to 5.5%. So some of uh, of that good work from the industrial production and retail sales numbers was undone by uh, those other numbers. So all in all, it was a bit of a a mixed picture, actually, uh, and that has probably added to some of the gloom being seen uh, on China mainland markets today. And what about the uh, rest of the markets? And let's reflect perhaps a little on the United States late on uh, Friday. Yeah, I think what we saw there was uh, the cyclical rotation going on. So when US bond yields spiked, instead of uh, the market selling equities across the board, we saw them rotated once again out of uh, tech stocks, so selling tech, which pushed the NASDAQ lower, uh, and into the cyclical recovery uh, stocks, most of which live in the Dow Jones, and that finished the day quite strongly up, just short of 1%. The S&P 500 closed around about unchanged, uh, mostly because it's a mixture of tech and cyclical stocks, so it sort of tends to be the pivot in the middle. So that seems to be the trend, and we've seen that in Asia as well. We're seeing yet again the more cyclical legacy markets, uh, such as uh, Singapore, uh, Hong Kong to a lesser extent, the ASEAN countries in Australia are all slightly in the green today, whereas the KOSPI and, uh, as we said, uh, China, which have got a much more um, uh, prevalence, higher prevalence technology stocks, big big tech stocks in them, have underperformed. We'll look at the next few days ahead in a moment or two, including uh, the announcement uh, from the Fed. I just wanted to point you in the direction of something I read in the Times this morning, the London Times, 
Uh, talking about foreign holidays of sterling deposits surging to levels not seen since before the 2008 financial crisis. And uh, what it's suggesting is that the pound's at risk of a steep fall if sentiment should change. Bank of England data shows that non-resident sterling bank deposits rose to nearly £100 billion over 18 months to the end of last year. That is close to the £117 billion high in 2008. And that was just before the pound fell 25%. So I suppose it's using a historical comparison uh, to actually assert that there, there could be a risk of a big drop, although it is a supposition, of course. I'm struggling to see a scenario where the world suddenly starts uh, disliking the pound again. Brexit is behind us. Uh, and when we look at the, particularly the uh, the United Kingdom's vaccination program, it's racing ahead of Europe. So obviously the pound has outperformed the, the euro quite strongly. Uh, and, and it's actually holding its own against the US dollar. It did retreat last week and the week before, but it made most of those losses back. It seems to have found a reasonably comfortable equilibrium around about 140 to the dollar at the moment. So we could always have a scenario where there's a run on a, on a currency, uh, but I, I'm struggling to see what sort of scenario would change sentiment so badly in uh, sterling. And I, the only one I could see was that COVID-19 uh, suddenly became immune to uh, the, the UK vaccination uh, products. Uh, but I don't see that happening either. So to a certain extent, I think this is perhaps more scaremongering than substance. Although we are seeing um, some countries now stopping the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine because of concerns uh, over blood clotting. But uh, according to the World, World Health Organization, uh, it, it's not an issue. It's not a problem. Uh, but we, we saw Ireland over the weekend and now a couple of other countries are joining in um, that's a strange turn of events, isn't it, really? But uh, as yet, um, doesn't seem to pose a threat. We've had millions, I think something 11 or 12 million AstraZeneca vaccines in this country and no evidence of a problem like that. So it, it does seem strange that these countries are making this autonomous decision. I think it's uh, you need to dig a little under the headlines there. For instance, Ireland said that they'd stopped it, not because they felt that the vaccine was unsafe, it's just that, that their vaccination campaign uh, in the coming weeks was targeting a very high risk group of individuals that may have been similar to the group of individuals in Norway that had had the sudden rush of rash of uh, blood clots. And so it was a precautionary measure. And I think this is what we're seeing uh, around Europe. I mean, most countries are starting with the oldest people uh, in, in their populations and people who um, have uh, morbidity concerns. Uh, but there is no evidence uh, as yet that the AstraZeneca vaccine caused those issues in, in Norway. So I, I believe this is a, 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 a meeting of uh, coincidence. It's just that these countries are at the start of their vaccination campaigns, uh, vaccinating uh, their particular population sets in those high risk areas. And so it's just an unfortunate coincidence of timing rather than, I think, anything concerning about the vaccine itself. Hmm. Interesting. Let's focus on the week to come. Um, a lot going on in the United States. We've got the Federal Reserve convening for its policy meeting. It's a pivotal moment for the U.S. economic recovery as well, and their retail sales, uh, as well as a slew of other data. Yeah, I think any of these could actually spike a, another big run-up in bond yields, to be honest. Uh, retail sales comes out tomorrow night. 
It's expected to be slightly negative, but I think if that number surprises to the top side and is in the positive territory, uh, that uh, will raise uh, the inflation concerns again. Justified or not, people are on edge about inflation and rising yields. And part of that is a function that central banks have been artificially holding uh, rates at uh, very low levels for, well, probably you could say the last 12 years. So uh, there's a big position built up on, onto that trade and the, and the world has got addicted to 0% finance effectively. Uh, the Federal Reserve, we're not expecting any changes to the statement or uh, obviously the, uh, the Fed funds rate. What the market will be concentrating on is the governor's uh, dot plots, which are these uh, forward expectations of when rates will increase the timing of them. And they're presented as these dot plots, basically. It makes a very pretty diagram. Markets will be uh, looking to see if any of the Fed governors bring those dots forward, i.e. they bring forward their expectations of when rates start to rise. If that happens by quite a few of them uh, in, 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 on Thursday, again, we could see another spike in inflation fears leading to higher US yields and then more downward pressure on equities. That's the risk at the stage. And what about the rest of the world, Jeff? What stands out for you? We've got a pile of central banks actually uh, making rate decisions this week. Turkey, Russia, who will both uh, hold as well. Uh, we've got Japan on Friday, which is the other major one, along with the UK uh, on, on Thursday. So that's Thursday and Friday. Plus we have uh, Indonesia and uh, Taiwan on, uh, on, on Thursday and Friday as well. I, I may have missed some others in there, but I think the FOMC will be the most important one of the week. Another thing I think uh, will be worth watching is to see whether if Chinese shares uh, remain under some quite strong downward pressure this week, whether those government-related investment companies come back into the markets again and intervene to buy the stock markets uh, as they did last week to, uh, to slow the, the rate of descent or, in fact, actually turn prices uh, upwards. And we're also going to see the Eurozone finance ministers meet this week to discuss the impact and any structural changes brought by the pandemic. Uh, might they consider, uh, you know, in terms of exchange rate and inflation developments, what might they be considering? I think they'll be, uh, they won't be keen on excessive uh, euro strength. So there may be some noises about that. Although I think we are still well within their comfort zone on, on, on that front. They will more than likely express some concerns about the recent rise in European bond yields as well. Uh, the ECB has also signalled quite clearly that they're not tolerant of any uh, material rises in Eurozone uh, bond yields, government bond yields either. So we may see that message reinforced. I do rather suspect, though, that a lot of it will uh, be focused on um, the European recovery budget, how that will look in 2022 and 23. And uh, I, the, the squabbles they're having over vaccines at the moment, I'm sure that one won't be far from the surface as well. Okay, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Appreciate it. Cheers. This is the Oanda Podcast.